1: Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. As always, I'm joined by Sean Siegel, one of the uh, best minds in the business as we get ready to, to look into some of the the upcoming models that we might be using to, to pick out these prospects using the, some of the freak score information. We'll be diving into that on today's show. If you didn't listen into to the show on Tuesday yet, we did uh, discuss some of the free agent moves, in particular Aaron uh, Jones and his contract and some of the, the Patriots moves, lots of different parts discussed there. I know a lot of our listeners are, are big James Robinson fans. If you want to hear Sean's thoughts on how that sign-in Uh, of Carlos Hyde is going to affect James Robinson. Do check that one out. Sean, as we start every show, uh, how how are you doing today?
2: Awesome. We're going to get a chance to talk about Matt Spencer and some of the great work that he has done for the site recently. A new writer for us who already has made his mark in a big way. And Tuesday was free agency. Today we're going to look at the prospects. We're going to look at the upcoming NFL draft. We had the virtual combine going on with Pro Days happening as we speak and so uh, today we're gonna look at some real cheat codes for beating your rookie draft that's what everybody wants to know at this time how do i find the best prospects how do over time i beat all of my league mates at that most fun and most (laughs) important element of dynasty leagues and so yeah we've got some great info for how to do that today and just it's exciting to have matt on board and, and look at some of the stuff that he's writing about
1: Yeah, it's always cool to see the new guys jump aboard the site. We've seen, we talk a lot about Sam Wallace in the show. We've seen him, uh, you know, and how he's developed as a writer. Lots of quality content going up on the site, and it's always cool to see uh, the new guys jump aboard. I don't know if you meant it there, Sean, but you did say overtime. I didn't know if you meant uh, overtime as in as time progresses, are in overtime, as in how the show helps people <laughs> get, get that out, so uh, I'll leave that one up for the, the listeners to decide, but uh, the, freak, the Freak Score obviously is something that has been on the website for, for quite some time, and it's actually, the, the article here tells you exactly how much time it is, the article is six years in, and the Freak Score is still finding new touchdowns, so Sean, for some of the listeners maybe not familiar with the tool, do you want to give a, a little background into the, the Freak Score tool?
2: Yeah, so to start off, uh, Matt has been doing some pretty cool work for us. His first article a couple of weeks ago was on breakout age and how to improve that, make some little tweaks to get even more insight. Uh, listeners know that breakout age is really the metric that for wide receivers will allow you. You know, Combine that with draft position, you know those two things, and you can beat your rookie draft. Matt made some updates that made it even more accurate and is going to have the scores for the 2021 class out soon. A lot of historical stuff in the original article, just a fantastic piece and really a key element for, you know, helping you again to, to win that league. Anything that directly helps you win, I think we get very excited about. And he's back with that again this week, looking at the freak score. Now the freak score is our homegrown metric, uh, something the fantasy douche put together back all those years ago And it was helping us understand the interactions between height, weight, and speed in terms of NFL wide receivers and how they scored touchdowns at the NFL level. So you hear all the time uh, fantasy owners discounting touchdowns, acting like they don't matter. They're purely random. You have to get lucky or if someone scores some that you should discount that the following year. And as someone with a lot of efficiency stats, I always recommend that people understand the lack of stability that you can have with some of these stats but that doesn't mean that you're not also getting some insight and it doesn't mean that you're not going to have some players who consistently outperform the freak score helps us find some of those guys now this is a metric that is scaled to 100 and to give you a little bit of a sense of just how good the top guys are number one Calvin Johnson there at 100 probably will never be dethroned really Megatron the if not the greatest wide receiver of all time obviously is going to have a a pretty (laughs) stiff argument from Randy Moss Jerry Rice a, a few players like that but maybe the most transcendent physical wide receiver that we've ever seen had that season where he got almost to 2,000 yards receiving definitely not someone who was just big and fast he could really play as well then you have dk metcalf at number two a receiver who broke out right away at the nfl level and is now uh, someone we constantly debate as a potential number one overall in dynasty steve Hill, a former oh, rotoviz Crush back in the early days of the site never really got to see him at the NFL level, had some leg injuries that sapped his strength there. But then number four, Darren Waller, very interesting a guy who, you know, came in as a wide receiver, transitioned to tight end after solving some personal problems in his life. really one of the best stories we've had at the NFL level was someone broke out uh, much, much later than we tend to see and now is really at that level with a a george kittle where uh, you watch him play and he is one of the most dynamic players in the entire nfl then number five chase claypool another guy like dk metcalf who came in and set the world on fire with touchdowns number six vincent jackson Uh, who was a fantastic player for the Chargers and sadly passed away somewhat recently. A couple of guys just slightly further down the list than Julio Jones at number 11, Andre Johnson at number 13. So we're talking about some big time, big time players here and some guys, especially at the top, who are scoring touchdowns more than other players who are just out there working for you between the 20s. So the cool thing here, Matt went in, looked at the different numbers, tested them over the past six years, was asking, okay, well, how much do these, the different elements of the score matter and how similar is the score to where it was six years ago? And he said he was blown away by the fact that once he adjusted it for all of the new results that it came out almost exactly the same. So again, when you are hearing that touchdowns are so very random and you can't go out and buy touchdowns, keep in mind that The touchdown predicting metric here didn't change much for the last six years. A little bit more stability there than you might think. Again, that doesn't mean that game to game or even season to season that you're going to be able to count on one of these big time receivers for 10 or 11 touchdowns. That's just not the way that it works. But you're giving yourself exposure to more touchdown upside when you have these types of players. The other interesting thing weight 40 we know that those things come into play height a little bit more controversial but one of the things matt talked about in his piece is that especially at the tail so when you're talking about guys who are really big or really really tall or really short that we tend to see that come out and it makes a much bigger difference so we're looking at some of these taller speed guys like a marquez valdez scantling with your packers like a dj chark like a Cortland sutton we're seeing good touchdown numbers for them obviously huge touchdown numbers For guys like a DK Metcalf, guys like a Chase Claypool, Metcalf and Claypool, obviously from, you know, the the ranking that they've had for all time, you can guess pretty clearly that they were number one in each of the last two classes. And so then we also look at freak score in terms of just sort of overall receiver scoring and overall receiver success. And Matt has broken them down, top 12 wide receivers, a 59.1 average freak score receivers who fall below the top 12 54.3 so you see a, a big edge there in freak score for the top guys early success this is key for dynasty owners you don't want to draft a guy who then you have to wait three four five years and he's on someone else's team by the time he blows up early success a 59 freak score for the yes a 54.3 for the no and then pro bowler Again, we see the same kind of thing, 59 average freak score for these Pro Bowlers, 55.7 for everybody else. And so again, when you're looking at trying to give yourself exposure to the really big time players, this is an element that you want to consider. Is it the only thing to consider? Obviously not. There are a lot of production things that in many cases are even more crucial. But if you're going to go out and maybe draft someone who does have some production red flags, then I want a freak score guy when I do that. We look at DJ Chark. There were some good things in his production resume. There were some big concerns. Someone who broke out at the NFL level. DK Metcalf playing there across from AJ Brown. There were a few encouraging signs in his profile, but also some red flags. He's someone you want to take the risk on. Chase Claypool comes out as a senior, really only had that one good season. We know those things are sort of multiple red flags, but did have that good senior season. And then has this massive freak score and again someone who looks like a huge steal in terms of what he's going to do based on what he cost you in rookie drafts so it's just one piece of the puzzle but when i'm looking at round three well if i'm looking at my top five picks and there's a question of okay i'm I'm deciding between two stars then you want the more athletic player I, i think that's fairly straightforward at the other end of it if you're looking in round three round four and the guys you like because they were good at the college level and you know that translates well to the nfl once those guys are gone take a freak score star you're going to give yourself exposure to some upside that some of these players who you know have okay the scouts are saying that they run routes well or they're going to be a better you know pro player than they were a college player if that guy is small and slow and didn't do much in college and people are telling you he's going to make it in the nfl because he run routes because he runs good routes you want to run the other way fast right so look at Freak score to help you get some real steals in your rookie draft
1: and also just to mention uh dave has dave Cabin that is has updated the combine explorer as well It's pulling in the information uh from those pro days as well to to set it up for the tool so uh, anyone that is a fan of the combine explorer you'll have heard us talk about it over recent years on the show uh dave has been updating that so it uh, as each uh, draft participant uh and kind it of comes through the process it'll
0: update that which will lead to uh, up-to-date results we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now.
1: So Sean, as we dive into the second half of the show, we like to try and get some of those listener questions in as we we get through the week. And uh, they come in usually through my Twitter feed or my Twitter DMs, which is at Overtime Ireland or else... The other part then is when they come in through rhodovitzradio at gmail.com. So send them in either way. We're happy to to dive in, try and include a few on the show each week today. An interesting one came in from uh, Todd from PA. Um, A lot of people will be listening to his shows as well. Um, Todd was asking uh, that he would love to see us talk about the early runs we're seeing uh, at quarterback affecting roster construction and how we are handling it. Uh, He also mentioned quarterback run going two to three rounds earlier than previous years. So, um we, we've talked about quarterbacks and their value increasing uh, or their ADP increasing and how to to kind of target that on, on some of the shows this year but I do think it is a, a topic that's going to come up more and more as we probably will see some of that ADP rise as we even get closer to the NFL season so Sean uh, I'll let you take the floor first uh, I know you've done a, a little bit of research into this one.
2: Yeah so we, we do a lot of talk about the FFPC Roster Construction Explorer, the FFPC Command Center. Today, we'll look for a little bit at some of these other best ball formats. If you find yourself in a two running back, three wide receiver format, has a little bit of a a different dynamic there. You don't have the tight end premium. Then the quarterback situation is pretty interesting. As Todd references, we have these quarterback runs going earlier. And in the same way that anytime that you see A season where the trends are a little bit different, then the following season you have a big ADP reaction, whether or not you should. And it's an interesting question, I think. If you go and you pull up the best ball win rate explorer and you look at the QB position and ADP, it's really pretty gross when you look at these quarterbacks who go early. In the top eight quarterbacks off the board ADP wise, only one of them has a win rate of even seven percent right and that was patrick mahomes at 9.8 in 2020 the first quarterback who was drafted last year uh, again a a 4.1 win rate for lamar jackson we know that every season these early guys have huge landmine potential mahomes 2020 you know notwithstanding we do see some decent win rates once we move into that 40 to 70 range even though we know that overall this hasn't been The area yet that we really want to target in terms of our overall construction but we are seeing some numbers in that range that are actually not too bad and so it's understandable that owners will be starting to draft some guys in that range and especially when you look at the 2020 numbers where you have Kyler Murray drafted 72nd overall 11.4% win rate Deshaun Watson almost identical ADP 11.2% win rate and then you think in terms of, okay, some of these guys who have this hybrid profile, and we've talked on the show, Dave Kabe, an awesome article about it. This hybrid profile now is giving the top quarterbacks a very different type of scoring ability than what we've traditionally seen. And so the long held tenets of late round quarterback don't necessarily apply in the same way. Now, that doesn't mean that we want to overreact and start really chasing this run and one of the things that you can do it's not the only thing you can do i think that you can look for some of these hybrid quarterbacks a little bit earlier take one of them wait a little bit for your second guy but have some exposure there on a weekly basis to the top end player but the other thing you can do which i think is an interesting tactic and a tactic that's not used that often but we do have a, a large enough sample size to be very confident about how well it works and how consistently it works season to season to season is you can go with three quarterbacks. Now, a lot of the best owners are reluctant to do this because anytime that you add at the onesie position, it really constrains what you can do with your running back, wide receiver, uh, construction for the for the entire team for the full roster. And it makes it a little bit trickier to do something like take three defense, which is very clearly the right move to make. If you take three quarterbacks and three defenses, then you're limited to an extent to two tight ends a lot of people like to have three two tight ends with the tight end early is the way to play it but the other way that's not as good but still can be successful is to do three tight ends later obviously you're not going to take three of each you don't want a nine onesie construction but even the eight onesie construction where you have three quarterback three defense that limits some of your other options it doesn't work as well with some of our zero rb approaches but purely from a qb position it's interesting because we do have this traditional qb window now again you have to look at okay which kind of guys does that actually represent where will we need to take them this year in order to have similar kinds of guys but between round seven and round 12 we have this quarterback window where if we take the three quarterbacks within that window then it really supercharges the qb scoring If you take three QBs, but you don't have them in the window, obviously, if you take a guy early, you don't want to have three quarterbacks. But if you wait a long time for your third quarterback, that also sort of destroys the advantage. That third quarterback historically just doesn't score enough points to give up the roster slot that you could use somewhere else. But within the window, this three QB approach has returned almost 11% win rate over the last six years. And I think that this is a way to react to the QBs going earlier. If you don't want to participate, then just wait and get three guys from that little bit later group. Uh, I've done this in some actual drafts recently. Scott Barrett had a cool industry draft here to let some of us experiment. And in that particular draft, I waited. And I think the guys I ended up with were Stafford, Cousins, and Carr using this three QB approach a little bit later. So you can play around a little bit with that. See if you like it. Colm I know that you've been a late round QB guy but at the same time you do like these hybrid quarterbacks how do you like to attack it in best ball leagues given the changing ADP in 2021?
1: It's gonna be a little bit uh, tricky as they continue I mentioned that they could continue to rise up draft boards I think the hype as we get closer to the season could continue to increase the value but you touched on it there and We've talked about it in a number of shows, I know Dave uh, Cabin's doing some work into it in terms of the Russian production that the quarterbacks are having now, and how that's actually elevated the floor of some of the the quarterback kind of expectations that we had in previous seasons. Um, I think there's a lot of guys that fit into that mold, and it's trying to find that right value. I still don't think they're all going to be gone before you know we get through round six, so it, it might be a case to go one round earlier if we if we have to to get one of those guys but I think the approach that you mentioned is still the the smartest way to go I think we're getting into a situation then where it's kind of head over heart or you know what you know rather than going with the methodology that has proven successful for us I think the key is sticking to that and sometimes that's why having these resources and having these tools is so beneficial because we can get latched on to this is the the guy I like and we can be you know changing what we really know is the right philosophy to be sticking with. So I think having the tools to keep all that in check is key. Um I, I really do like the hybrid guys. I'm not going to deny that if it's uh Dynasty I, I'm all about trying to get those guys on the rosters, but if we're looking at basketball, looking at over the course of the season, uh, I think, you know, exactly what you said is is the way to go to get three of those guys in that range and and try to to build your team from there. Um and th- there is no harm in waiting a little bit if you if you don't get it. I think it's more important to To wait that little bit than to to dive too far ahead and to to change your overall strategy just to get one of those guys in in those first kind of three rounds where where some of those guys are going at the moment. Uh, Another question, Sean, I'm actually going to jump in before we get to this because I actually have a a recommendation this week myself i know we're always looking for listener recommendations but i give the the ted lasso one a couple of weeks ago which uh this is where this recommendation actually came in from eric belair he mentioned uh that since i now have apple plus that uh he would highly suggest for all mankind uh, he all, he said that um He also thinks that the best show that he's watched during the pandemic was on Hulu, that it was Devs, D-E-V-S, so I haven't seen either of them yet, but uh, Apple TV, there's a lot of original content, which I'm excited to dive into, and... Uh, I'm kind of flipping around now I used to just kind of have Netflix and didn't have a lot of the other stuff set up but now I have a couple of them set up so I'm switching between uh, different options uh, and looking between the d- the different offerings so uh, looking forward to checking that one out but I checked out on, on Netflix this past week uh, White House Farm I don't know if... Uh, the listeners have seen it? i don't know if you've seen it sean um, quite an interesting one based on a, a true story of unfortunately uh, kind of a family uh, murders uh, in the uk and um, but a very very interesting and i, I was very impressed throughout with the, the actual acting um throughout the story and um, enjoyed it quite a bit but a very very dark story overall but a, an interesting show to to follow along with only one season long um, based on that true story. So the first question is, Sean, have you have you seen that series at all?
2: No, I haven't. That's a that's a new one for me, which I basically never run across something that I haven't heard of whatsoever. So that's that's perfect. That's exactly what we're looking for.
1: I'm wondering though, I'm, I'm actually just when I mention that now, I'm wondering if there could be a an issue here where um, sometimes the offerings on Netflix in Ireland and the UK um are even between Ireland and the UK and then ireland and america for example can be can be very varied from time to time so i'm wondering is this one that that's why you haven't seen it? it hasn't popped up on the the us netflix but uh, you'll have to go through the search and see if it's there as i mentioned quite dark um stories set up in in 1985 so some of the uh, investigation techniques and the police techniques uh, are very questionable compared to what we would expect now with you know dna and uh, trying to get fingerprints and and things like that, it was a little bit. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't as uh, educated or prepared or scientific back then. But I would recommend to check it out. Uh, it's one of those things where. I've tried recently to start watching series uh, that are kind of just one or two seasons long because sometimes it can be h- hard to invest that uh, that long duration of time into, you know, if it's a, if you're six or seven seasons behind, it can take a long time. It can feel like a never-ending battle to try and finish those series, but uh, I'd recommend that. Uh, I'm going to have to check out uh, For All Mankind as well. Thanks, Eric, for, for sharing that one. Uh, Next one up, and it it was kind of Irish related, uh, Jonathan Buster sent it in to the uh, email address, wrote of his radio at gmail.com. His recommendations, he said he he went for both Ireland related uh, shows, uh, Dublin Murders on Stars and Normal People on Hulu. Uh, Normal People actually caused a little bit of a stir over here when it actually came out. Both shows are kind of Irish based, as he mentioned, but... um, People of Ireland tend to not be as uh, <laughs> as tolerant of some of the more romantic, let's call it, uh, shows that come out when they're aired on uh, what we would call terrestrial TV or your normal uh, free-to-air station. So it did cause quite a bit of a stir among the older generations here in Ireland, um, but I haven't yet watched it. But I have seen some of the trailers, uh, and I, I am going to check it out. just next on the list. I did also ask him which one he recommended most and he said uh, he couldn't uh, recommend one over the other because once they started watching it they had to stream the entirety of both of those so definitely when I when I hear somebody uh, can't stop watching or if it's a book and they can't put it down it always uh, piques my interest uh, quite a bit so uh, again Sean any of those any of those that you've uh, you've seen so far
2: well, these are great recommendations this week. Uh, I was just reading something yesterday about for all mankind and thought that it sounded very, very intriguing. Something that I wanted to watch uh, kind of, as we discussed, maybe Apple plus is one of the only things that I don't have right now. So I'll have to look at, at getting that very interest, very peaked by that one. Dev's something I've watched about half of, and it, it has been just kind of a, a weird deal where I haven't finished that one, but the quality of that show is fantastic. And then these these two Irish shows, I, I think it's interesting. Normal people have just watched the first episode like that, but didn't keep going. We'll have to give that one another try. Dublin Murders on Stars. I don't have Stars, even though Stars has some cool content, including one of my all time favorite shows in Black Sales. Black shows, Black Sales is a top five show. Anybody who hasn't seen that should watch it. Uh, Dublin Murders though is based on novels by Tana French, which she is just an extraordinary. Writer, uh, maybe the best, or one of the two or three best writers at a sort of a word by word level uh, who are alive today. So I uh, would definitely believe that a show based on her books is going to be fantastic. Uh, Colm, I also wanted to mention again the show that I talked about a little bit last week. I said I had just watched a couple of episodes of Reprisal, I have now finished that. And it was an absolutely bizarre and amazing experience, right? You have Abigail Spencer as the lead. Uh, she's astonishingly good. Uh, was in a show called Timeless. It was more of a uh, a much more superficial or just easy to watch American network television show, uh, which, you know, American network television shows do not take any effort to go through. But was sort of a, a fun time travel show going back through history, solving uh, problems or making sure history wasn't destroyed or a show that didn't have a lot of meat to it it was a lot of fun had plenty of episodes that were very very enjoyable but spencer is fantastic and she leads this show that i it's it's one of these situations where you know if, if you've ever gone to the movies because you know snowpiercer was recommended and then you get in there and watch and realize okay this is one of the absolute worst movies that's ever been made uh now it's a tv show i haven't had a chance to watch the tv show i'm hoping the tv show is is better but it it kind of it, it hurts your belief in some of these cr- critics certainly maybe the critical consensus uh as these reviews come out it can be very hard for the snowball not to start running downhill and people uh you know getting kind of in one trail or another Repis- reprisal does not have great reviews on Rotten Tomatoes which i think is astonishing because called, it is the best show that i have seen since the show patriot which is sort of an under the radar show on uh, amazon prime sadly wasn't renewed for its third season reprisal hasn't got was canceled it's not going to have a second season so you just have the 10 episodes there uh patriot all of the the best ball teams that blair andrews and i have together have uh are named from different weird things in patriot Uh, we talk about patriot from time to time on the show but if you haven't seen that it's, I mean, it's extraordinary. It's like kind of the one show that's up there with Deadwood in terms of the best show of all time. Reprisal, the best since then. And it it's this bizarre sort of vaguely, you know, motorcycle club-ish show, but not in the way that you're really thinking. One of the the influences that the creator mentioned was sort of the Quentin Tarantino uh dynamic there is a little bit of that vibe but and it is very violent at times but it's also and and it has the colorful vibrant element but also in sort of a a softer more human way and the dialogue is fantastic not quite as stylized and uh the tarantino dialogue is fantastic except for maybe the things that um are actually are perhaps a little bit problematic but the, the dialogue on a you know, a sentence by sentence basis, the interaction of the characters, fantastic in his work, even I think better in *Reprisal* because it's a little bit more human. And then the show has this crazy dynamic to it, where the creator has taken elements from the 1920s, the 1960s, 70s, 80s, put them together, and created this sort of fantasy out of time environment. And most of the time it feels like it's set in you know, like the, the 60s or 70s, and then very bizarrely, and you would think that this kind of thing would really damage the plot, but it doesn't. I mean, the plot is extraordinary. Um, but you just kind of take it as part of it that out of this show that really is kind of 70-ish set, the characters or a couple of characters will pull out a cell phone and talk to each other. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was an amazing experience watching the show. I know people came for fantasy football and I've talked about it longer than I should, but I do want to pass along both the fact that a lot of critics didn't like it. So maybe you won't like it either, but I I thought it was extraordinary.
1: Yeah, you've re- you've you've definitely sold it, and even when you were talking, I I dived on there to to rotten tomatoes to look. and I have been uh, very much like you at times. I decide against the 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 ratings, and sometimes I question the critics' credentials for the decisions they make based on their reviews. But this one, for example, has a fifty three uh, percent tomato meter score from the critics and a ninety five percent from the audience. So, a lot of the time, I tend to go with the audience and uh, ignore that critic score because. Uh, you know obviously the audience is a lot more people that are put into that sample say so you've really sold it there sean i've written it down on a piece of paper it's going to be one that i'm going to have to over the next uh, couple of weeks dive into and I'll, I'll give my feedback then if we if we get to it in a future show but uh lots of good uh topics there in terms of the the different shows that people are watching recommending we're always looking for for new suggestions or whether it's a question that you want to send in uh, or even a topic you want to see on an upcoming show you can always send them to us at road radio at gmail.com or you can send them my way at over Tim Ireland on twitter as always drop us a written and review on your favorite podcast app we do appreciate that very very much and as always you can get yourself that 10 percent discount to a road of his nfl pass by adding the code rv radio 2021 at checkout are by going to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. And really with that, that's what's going to do us for today's edition of the show. My name as always is Colin Kelly. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host today, once again, Sean Siegel. And Sean, another thing I must check, we're getting close to that 200 episode mark, so I must check in on that. But until we're back with another one, have a good one.